Tired of hot takes about it's a wonderful life. Okay. It's a wonderful life has a terrible message. It's a wonderful life, not that wonderful. <laughs> have you seen these? No, I have not. To be honest, it's probably just like you know, it's it's what the what hot takes are for. It's like gotcha journalism, clickbait. Sure. Um, generally a conservative uh, type takes where it's like. Get this guy, and he's like, "Yeah, all these dreams, and they're crushed." And the movie tells him to get get used to it, right? Like it, right? What movie are you watching? <laughs> that is not what happens in this movie, which is not a Christmas movie. It is not a Christmas movie. No, not really at all. Not by and large. Anyways. No, <laughs> just because this movie ends at like Christmas. Like the last ten minutes is Christmas, and that's about it. Yeah, like yeah. Love Actually, Christmas movie, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it is, if anything, it has earned its place. It's not a perfect film. No. But it's better than, you know, 75% of modern movies. Mm -hmm. And it has definitely clawed its way out of, you know, movie obscurity, owing partially to the weird, you know, rigmarole around its copyright. And, but it, you know, there are a lot of films that are, you know, free. Or, right. or uh, open source or, or whatever. But mm-hmm. the fact that this film, you know, had this weird thing with the copyright where you could just show it. You know, they picked they, they It was like there was a deal. They picked it because it was something that they thought people would want to see. Right. You know, it'd be like if I don't know. Why don't I pick this Transformers? OK, Transformers. All right. Transformers like, it, you know. If it, for some reason, they put, you know, 1893 instead of 2003 on it or whatever, <laughs> and then it's like suddenly it's free, they would be showing that everywhere forever. No, you've got a point. And, for sure. um, yeah, that was a bad example. Was that a bad example? You give a good, yeah, an, an example. Um, uh, how about James Bond films, just in general? <laughs> it's like if Dr. No, they messed up the copyright. Yes. And then they were just showing Dr. No all the time. Yeah. Yeah, but Dr. No was successful right out of the gate. Anyway, this movie did not do well right out of the gate. Sure. Uh, it was, you know, it was a financial flop, although it cost a ton. And it pe- just wasn't, people weren't having it, like, when it came out. Okay. And I don't know. Maybe people were exhausted and they didn't want to just get into this weird morality tale about this guy, you know, and then. He's always trying to choose the right thing, even yeah. though it's not really what he wants. Yeah. Maybe it was because if he didn't go to the war. You think? Maybe all these people got back from the war and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, you had an ear problem? <laughs> great. <laughs> oh, you sold bonds? Uh, right. Oh, great. Right. You're, you're part of the fire brigade? Okay. All right. <laughs> the, the civilian air watch or whatever? Right, right. <laughs> Screw you, George Bailey. <laughs> Old man Gower should have hit you harder. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, anyway. So that's just, I'm, I'm tired of it. Like, look, it's, yes, it is a classic that it was for a long time forced on us. Yes. Uh, up until the 90s, uh, was we, we were force-fed it. But you can be force-fed peas. They're yeah. delicious and they're nutritious as well. Mm-hmm. This is this is. True. I assume you agree with everything that I said because you didn't really say much. Uh, I I do agree with what you said. <laughs> That's just the most boring answer. <laughs> Sorry. This is an entertainment podcast. I know. Unless I came into the wrong studio here for today. Uh, no, it is. Um, 
I don't know. I'm not sure why it wasn't popular with people when it came out. Um, I mean, it it definitely has a message like to to do the right thing or like choose the you know. Is that what his message is? I feel like it is. You know, like I feel like it. The I don't think it has. It. Oh, okay. Sorry. Continue. I feel like it's saying like I'm gonna disagree, do the do the right thing and. Um, and stay in town and uh, keep the business going. So you're you've got the same argument as these conservative rags. You're just saying it's good, not bad. And what I'm saying is, is that the two of you are locked in a false dichotomy. I don't think that it has any message for the general public except like don't steal eight thousand dollars from somebody because it well, might really right. screw up their life. Mm-hmm. But I think it's all. It's George's story. Like it's all about yeah, him because he's the he's this character who is uh, self denying and sacrificing and all this. And it, he's I think he has the wrong idea about himself. And there isn't any reason that he can't. Like his life isn't over. You know they get all the money back because uh, I assume we're going to prosecute uh, Mister Mister Moody or whatever. Oh, <laughs> like we're going to uh, uh, get all that or a Potter. Potter, uh, yeah. We're going to get all that money back. Uh-huh. Uh, he's going to jail. And so uh, maybe there'll be some free time after that for him to complete his uh, degree and then he can build bridges and do whatever. Do you right. know what I mean? But yeah. it's like he's a guy who he he keeps just instinctively doing, sa- sacrificing and doing nice things for people. And yet he feels like he is owed this thing that he wanted so long ago. We all like, I wanted to be a ballerina or something like that. And I'm mad and resentful. Mm-hmm. That's stu- that's stupid. Right. How important was it that you were a ballerina? Right. What you've done instead is made hundreds of lives uh, uh, better in this town. Mm-hmm. And then that is, un- it, it, this is the most movie part of the movie, because we never see this in real life, but in the most explicit way possible, all those people show up to tell you and show you with right. money <laughs> exactly how much you've done for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives the wrong message. Oh boy, he deserves better than that. I'm Thomas Friedman, or whatever. Uh, I mean, no, I I think that like, um, like what you said, like he because he was there for all of those people, they were there for him, um, and I think they were able to you know support him when he needed it most, um, and I think that's part of the movie that makes it maybe the most Christmassy, like, you know, like, uh, giving back and that sort of thing. Is that what Christmas is about? Well, I feel like it's, you know, thinking about others and uh, I've been doing giving. it all wrong. Okay. All right. <laughs> totally. Okay. I've been doing it absolutely wrong. I need you to go down so. to Martinis, uh, throw back a few okay. and go out on a bridge. And wait for the money to just roll no, in. No, come on. Stop it. You find out at the end, like the uh, the Nick Fury shows up at the end, credits or whatever, <laughs> and uh, George like opens up the bedside, you know, the nightstand, and there's a newspaper with $8,000 in it. And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Take that. Right. I'm going to get my own pool under a basketball court. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever that was like uh iron man for them wasn't it <laughs> like in 1946 that was just like oh my god it must have been like that it was science fiction that was the right. highest technology you could get yes it's like having elon musk show up in your movie right and the guys who did it and they originally did it to make bailey look bad they like turn to each other and they kind of shrug and then they jump in i too. know the guy that does it is alfalfa okay 
Really? Yeah. From the little, the, um, oh my God, what are they called? The little stooge rascals? <laughs> I was gonna... The three little stooge rascals? I was going to say the stooges. Brothers? But yeah. Yeah. Little rascals. Well, anyway, okay. uh, that was our Christmas portion of the show. <laughs> I guess it's a Christmas show. Yes. On the Just Enough Trope podcast. I'm your host, Ho-host Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mika Nana. Uh, and we're here to not really talk about Christmas exactly, although we just did, but we wish you a merry one. Yes. And to you and yours. Uh, but we're talking about Christmas releases of films. Yes. And why, superheroes, you had your time with the beach blankets <laughs> and the bingos, but you have to, now you got to come for our sto- snowmen, too. This is true. And yep. so superhero movies are, of course, coming out around the holidays. And mm-hmm. this week, it's Aquaman. Yes. Talking about Aquaman. Man, mm-hmm. the king, the sea king, yes. the king of the seas. This is true. Yes. Uh, we'll be talking about his movie. I'll uh, also be talking about some news, uh, maybe a trailer or two. There's a couple more trailers that have come out mm-hmm. uh, promising, you know, those great uh, January and February releases. Yes. Can't wait for those. I know. <laughs> going to be so good. Uh, so we'll talk about some of those things. Um, how you doing? Except for uh, fatally misunderstanding Wonderful Life. Uh, wow. Just gut me right there um i'm i'm doing well cal um uh i feel like i'm in the holiday spirit um of uh sharing and caring how i feel about this film and uh talking about some trailers and stuff like that too um uh you know it's kind of a weird film when you think about it to be coming out around christmas because it's like all about being in the ocean and the water you feel like it would like maybe make more of a splash so they say if it was like in the summer i'll do the jokes <laughs> well yeah it's weird i i think that i don't know i think they have to slot their releases at certain times yeah and so i think they probably didn't want to go up against infinity war well, that's true. Yeah, nothing else and was that coming was out. Smart. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, there's into the Spider Verse, but I think we knew that that was going to do okay, but maybe had a somewhat more limited appeal, mm-hmm. not being um, a live action thing. And so I think sure. it was the right choice. But you're absolutely right. I've been trying all weekend to come up with something, and I've got there's there's no. It's well, a blue Christmas. Right, I, I got nothing. <laughs> right, instead of red and green, it's orange and green. Yeah, it's about right. as close as I can yeah. get. Or, yeah, or orange and blue, like every movie poster. <laughs> right. Uh, but this movie is not limited to those those colors and that color palette. But That's we'll true. talk about that later. Okay. First, got to do the news. As DC Universe ramps up its programming, I am finding more and more that I am uh, outstripped in terms of my knowledge okay. of a lot of more obscure DC characters. Okay. Like, I would say that on my character sheet... It's, you know, 100% Marvel. Mm-hmm. Thought it was like 80% DC. Yeah. It might be somewhere in the 60s. Oh, really? Yes. Do they have a lot of obscure characters? DC? Yeah. Yes. Okay. In fact, I'd argue that they might have more than, than Marvel. Okay. Remember that they're, the main body of their work extends 30 years past the cutoff of Marvel. Oh, is that right? You know, the comic, I guess I didn't realize The golden that. age of comics started in the late 30s with mm-hmm. Batman, Superman, and so on and so forth. Sure. Timely, a.k.a. Marvel Comics had Submariner, Human Torch, sure. uh, Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those characters were all transplanted into the early 60s when the Silver Age started. Okay. And Marvel 
you know, as we know it today, became Marvel. Okay. But they but, were running all these, you know, other comics and JSA stuff and Wonder Woman's secretary and, right. and all this stuff. Right. You know, Martian Manhunter in the, in the 50s. Wow. Uh, sort of the, the very early, uh, earliest part of the Golden Age. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Well, so, I yeah, mean, every, every crossover they can pull out some totally weird, like this guy, that guy, whatever. Sure. There's, a, I mean, there, I suppose there's a lot of obscure characters in uh, the Justice League animated show. Uh, especially, you know, the longer it ran. Yeah. Um, and some people would just be in it a little bit or you would just see them and that would be their cameo. Yeah. And you wouldn't necessarily know who they were. Yeah. Or they would be connected with specific plot lines. Right. So, you know, if you're going to do um, a superhero fight club or whatever, then you get roulette out and, sure. oh, Music Master or whatever is her, is her henchman. And then they're fighting... Um, I don't know some, but some somebody else who's who's real obscure. Sure. Uh, the guy with the magnet helmet can't remember who, Doctor Polarity or whatever. Okay, really, <laughs> Polaris or whatever. Sure. Uh, yeah, but they had to, you know, it was still like 20, 20 guys tops. Right. Killer Frost. Right. Shooting Superman. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, it looks like the uh, Star Girl show that we were talking about before. It's called Star Girl because I think that's a good hook, mm-hmm. but it's really starting to look like it's going to be just a straight up. Like DC show? A JSA show. Oh, okay. Uh, they are uh, casting or in the process of casting members for the Injustice Society. Uh, so that would be point. the bad guys then. That's right. Okay. They just announced uh, three actors to take on the roles of Tigress, Sportsmaster, and Dragon King. Okay. I feel like I've heard of Tigress before. Joy Osmansky is playing Tigress. Neil Hopkins is playing Sportsmaster. And <clears throat> Nelson Lee is playing Dragon King. Okay. Sportsmaster is exactly what you think. Is he like just into sports? Yep. <laughs> He's got a hockey stick. Oh, great. He'll use it to hit a football. Oh, okay. An exploding football at you. Awesome. Yep, that's what he does. Okay. <laughs> He's just a sports store come to life. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. He is a secondhand goods yes. uh, yeah, criminal. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So. Uh, that's all well and good. Um, I think it's interesting that uh, this guy um, uh, Lee um, Nelson Lee is uh, he's worked with um, uh, he's worked with uh, Jeff Johns uh, previously. Um, oh, okay. On Blade the series, basically like he's a you know like martial artist slash actor, and he'll actually okay. be in the upcoming Mulan movie. Oh, very cool. So anyway, there we go. Yeah. So um, back to the books for me. <laughs> <laughs> because there's definitely going to be another round of casting notes uh, that will have to girl. somehow figure out what they're talking about. Okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah, um, more info on that as it comes. Uh, let's talk about the first of a couple different trailers I think that we're actually going to talk about. Sure. Oh, and one pilot. I forgot. Oh, yes. Talk about a pilot. Can't forget too. about the pilot. Uh, we'll talk about the Hellboy trailer. Yes. Smash stuff. Yeah. Smash it. Yeah. Smash stuff. Hellboy, the Rise of the Blood Queen, or whatever it's called. Yeah. What is it called? I'm not sure what it's called. I think it's just called Hellboy. Okay. Um, really creative there, I guess. Whatever. Um, I don't know. It just... It seems Why Moni Moni? For the song? Yes. Yeah, I don't... I don't, I don't know. I, Ride I feel your pony. Like... Moni Moni. Mm-hmm. Come on, come on. Mm-hmm. Give me love and I feel all right. 
Why Moni Moni? I think they just wanted something catchy. Okay, that works. You know, you you know what I liked, as far as I could tell. All right, it 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 is itself a color cover. That's the Billy Idol cover of the original like '60s one, right? Okay, sure. But they didn't do like a modern 2017 like slowed down bummer cover of like Moni Moni. Thank goodness. (laughs) I mean, that's what's missing from you know. A lot of modern trailers these days, they do that. But right. So they, they spared us from that. So that's good. Um, I just felt like there was like a lot of like flash and not a lot of substance. Like I was kind of like, what are they really showing me? And I mean, I saw like twice an old lady asking for his ID. Like, yeah. and I think they just showed that well, part, that's the- like that. Like, that's their hook or yeah, something like that's, that? that's the teaser to the teaser. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's just like, are you kidding me? Um, so. Yeah, I. I don't know. You know. There are definitely moments of humor in Hellboy. Sure. And maybe you won't, or maybe they, definitely they think that they can't sell Hellboy as gothic horror like it is. No, I mean, that's if, not what was presented in this trailer. Right. For sure. But the idea is, is that you've got. You know, an ancient uh, Cthulhu demon or whatever, right? Casting an incantation to bring down the seven-headed dragon of Ogdrujahad or whatever, and Hellboy's like, "We wrap this up. My favorite show is going to be on soon." Right? He's the guy that doesn't belong. Like he's the cartoon character in the real world or or whatever. Yes. And if like everybody is just, it just looks like everybody's going to be an insufferable wise ass. And nobody's going to just like joke, 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 joke. Yes. It's, which is, it's all going to be a big cartoon. Which is not Which I feel like Del Toro, appealing. who <laughs> we just can't admit to ourselves, the guy doesn't understand tone. Maybe yeah. that's his strength sometimes, but it's often his weakness. And he definitely sort of did that himself. Like there are plenty of moments where there was more punctures than balloon. Uh, <laughs> You know, you got to sometimes you have to use humor to puncture the tension. Yes. Uh, the balloon of tension. But yeah, there was more holes in rubber. Yeah. it w- Like you said, it was like joke. And after when you joke. cast Jeffrey Tambor, that's what that's what you're asking for. Right. You know. Yes. Um, so I was thinking like, well, well how's the tone going to be different? And it looks like we'll do everything that Del, Del Toro did. Just more. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So it'll be the costume. Just, I never thought that. I never thought that I would say that I prefer Ron Perlman's Hellboy. I always thought it looked really weird, but yeah, he just looks crazy now. Like, what is he even supposed to look like? Yeah, I don't know. He I looks know. like the uh, Big Trouble in Little China guy when he goes and he blows up really big. Like <laughs> yeah. when he's halfway to like super big. Yes, and the steam's coming out of his ears. Yes, that's what he looks like. Yeah, I guess he's see got that. a little face on a big head. Yeah, yeah, um, you're not wrong. He's real uh, jokey. Yeah. Um, I have not seen, this is a confession, I have not seen the first Hellboy, so I feel like I need to see that before I see this one. Eh? Eh? You I don't think so? It. I can take it or leave it. Okay. Um, we've read a ton of Hellboy. Yes. So I guess you are prepared. You know, I guess I would like your take on it. T- big, biggest problem. Ready? Yeah. Um, the guy from Lost is in it? That's not my biggest problem, but. For uh, in the new one? Yeah. Okay. Um, it looks cheap. And yeah. I was thinking about it. Neil Marshall, Dog Soldier's Descent, Doomsday, he's not, I don't think he's ever had a lot of money. I actually don't know how much this costs. I would assume that a mid-level 
comic character gets you 60 maybe 70 million dollars in this guess. day and age yeah who knows where all the money goes right but it it looks cheap yeah which is not that's not what you want which would not it's not what you would expect from legendary or whoever's doing it mm-hmm. well i guess legendaries sometimes they're kind of cheap but so yeah it just like there's this scene that they're they're pushing in the trailer this action scene where he's like shooting people in the face or whatever, which is totally his thing. Yeah, yeah. He definitely said he definitely, he definitely doesn't say in the first three pages of his first appearance that he's no good with the gun that he's got. He definitely <laughs> doesn't say that. But anyway, he's shooting everybody in the face, and it's just the camera's kind of like you know is is it's all steady cam and somebody's swinging around and it looks like they're just in a big purple room with a. Jungle gym sort of set up, yeah. you know, or like a painter's scaffold or something like right. that. Like it looks, it looks like a student film or like a cheap, you know, B level film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like some kind of late night sci fi thing. Right. It shouldn't. No, right? it should not. Or maybe I, I don't know. Maybe that's the aesthetic. But the aesthetic is give me that black marker, <laughs> Mike Mignola, right? Right. Right. But they're not doing that. It's like purple and, and yeah. Okay. A, lot of, a lot of color, but... I guess we don't like it. No. Yeah, I guess we don't like it. Uh, I hope... I hope it's better than it looks. It proves us wrong. Yeah. Yeah, uh, not great. Um, speaking of things that... who oh boy. Keep your fingers crossed. Uh, it looks like the Lock and Key show, uh, which oh. will be on Netflix. Okay. Can, can you believe after, I think, 10 years in development... Netflix, it just it took Netflix to step in and go, sure, we're doing everything. Let's of do course. this. Of course. I mean... I, I mean, it just, it's one why thing, not? You well, know? at this point, but you'd think that like, it just goes to show that having a, being on Netflix doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And I mean, it might not mean anything, anything, because we still don't know who's watching these things, how much money it actually makes for Netflix. But it's one true. thing for like Sandra Bullock to like, I'll do a Netflix movie, whatever. Right. Because everybody's doing it. Or right. Will Smith to take a big step and like, yeah, I'm going to headline a Netflix film. Right. But when Netflix went out originally and just started casting around for things, uh, they got Marvel on board. Um, yes. Arrested Development. I'm trying to think of some of the earliest Netflix shows. Orange is the yeah, New Black. Yeah, Orange is the New Black, yep. Um, this quote-unquote hot property, Lock and Key, which is just hasn't had the chance to, to make it right. yet. Except there were two pilots that were filmed, and everybody said, "No, we're good." Right, right. The fact that it finally has to like kind of crawl into Netflix and go, so now post live me? action Death Note remake, yeah, you're gonna take us, yeah. I guess yeah. I don't have any pride left to swallow. <laughs> Let's just make this thing, I guess. Right. right. But anyway, uh, Connor Jessup and Amelia Jones will be playing the Lock twins. Okay. They were twins, weren't they? The older boy it's been and girl. So long since I've read it. The older boy and girl. Okay, all right. Amelia Jones, you might remember from um, the show Utopia. Okay, sure. On the BBC. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Connor Jessup has been on American Crime previously. Okay. I feel like that's a name I've heard. So. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, we'll see. Um, okay. That old Netflix. Um, I mean, I I liked the the comic, um, and I could see it's like you know. It's filmability, so I it is kind of curious that it, gosh, like two failed pilots. Uh, it just doesn't. It doesn't like outlook does not look good, you know. Yeah. Um. But I I, I do see like the cap the the possibility in it being filmed. So I 
I'm interested to see it and to um, see where they take it. And hopefully they will be um, close to the comic without like slavishly um, well, Joe bringing Hill's it to life. Like a co-creator. So okay. All right. I can't. I just can't say anything. I don't even like the comic. So. <laughs> good person um speaking of things that are happening at netflix and it's like right now is the time huh i (laughs) guess late than not at all i guess uh it looks like uh netflix wants to do a harvey film oh okay need need help no i know harvey (laughs) harvey is a puka whoa yeah Um, weird hey they did the play at my high school okay i was in it um and uh uh, I watched the movie. Um, I liked the movie. The movie was great. You know, yes. Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, Jimmy Stewart again, um, and and he's very lovable, and uh, he just happens to see this rabbit who's a puka. That's the second so. Jimmy Stewart. Let me just fast forward to our third one. It's right, Jimmy Stewart as Aquaman. It's going to happen. Oh my god! Well, I'm I'm the king of the sea. <laughs> Mira, don't you know me? <laughs> Mira, Mira, please. Yeah. <laughs> Just get that out of the way. Um, oh. Don't do this. Okay. So this has been apparently bouncing around Hollywood for a while. Really? It's the Jimmy Stewart version of Lock and Key. Uh, maybe it's not to be done. Because yeah. when it does get made, and it sucks, and nobody likes it, the director's cut will have the interviews. People go... This took so long to get the screen, but we finally did it. Nobody ever thinks, maybe you shouldn't do it. Yeah. Let's Jeff Goldblum this thing. Maybe there's a reason that it, nobody wanted to do it. Because right. it was perfect the first time around. Right. But anyway, apparently Steven Spielberg, big surprise, uh, who thinks he's Frank Capra, uh, wanted to do it and wanted to have Tom Cruise, big surprise, do it. Who oh, thinks boy. he's Jimmy Stewart. I don't think Tom Cruise is Who thinks is they're good... Donna Reed? That's what I want to know. Yeah. I don't think that Tom Cruise is a good choice to play that role. I just don't. He's too. He's too cocky. He's not like he's Mr. Not bosom, down to earth. Have you seen like, a Tom Cruise film lately? He's not bosom buddies anymore. You know, I he's guess. Mr. Banks now. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I knew that would get a reaction. Uh, so anyway, uh, no, no more news. But uh, they are definitely. It's in development. Okay. It's gonna happen. All right. Uh, another trailer. Uh, the DC Doom Patrol trailer for DC Universe. Yeah, it was barely a trailer at all. It was a teaser, if you ask me. Um, I've already forgotten what stupid, un- not fitting song they play. I can't remember. While the team is to taking be a picture. Honest. Yeah. And it's just them taking a picture. Yep. And they're all saying, they all say, think one line in their heads. Yeah. Which is supposed to be like a hook for each of them. And every single one of them is stupid. Mm -hmm. Except for Rita, who's just thinking, everybody smile, which is like, it's supposed to define her character as being cheery, I guess. I guess. Again, mischaracterization. But doesn't hurt her character. It's just, we're taking a picture, let's smile. But everybody else is like, just says something dumb. And then you've cast... A guy, I can't remember the guy's name. Sorry, guy, but I, I'm thinking you're not going to want to be associated with this uh, in the future, so I'm going to help you out. But they cast this guy as Cyborg, and he's like the funny version of Cyborg because the guy in Justice League is like a big football player looking dude. Yeah. This guy's shorter than April Bowlby as, right. as Rita. 
that's not who you want your cyborg to be. This isn't like Cyborg Junior. Right. He he is a teen titan, but he's already like 6'3", so Right. Why is he small? That is a good question. They said to I, themselves, I don't know. Robot man Robot man's got to be the tallest cuz he's a big robot and right. I guess I don't argue with that, but why is Cyborg so he looks like Ja Rule. Like he's a little guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I don't know why they decided to go with that. Um it is kind of odd it doesn't seem to fit the character at all um he's supposed to be a football playing jock like at least that's who he was in his former hey, life Wallace can play basketball and veronica Mars. Uh, yeah 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 percy, percy dags all right dunk him okay we've still have i don't think we've seen a single moment of footage with uh timothy isn't timothy dalton supposed to be in this thing or did he pull out god i don't know I thought he was the question. chief, but then when they had him on Titans, like it wasn't Timothy Dalton, I don't think. Oh, boy. You don't know. I have no idea. You're just trying to just say, I don't know. I, I don't know, but he would be <laughs> I do know that Brendan Fraser will appear in a flashback, though, and I've seen a picture of him in some key art, and I know Brendan Fraser's older, but yeah. I think they've made so him they look- made him look older? Hor- he looks horrible. Oh, no. He looks terrible. That's not good. I mean, isn't he- um, uh, what's his name? Yes, he is. <laughs> the robot guy? Yes, but if we flash back to him driving a car... Yeah, he's going to be a human. Yeah. Okay. And look horrible. And look horrible. I, I'm i not looking forward to seeing this picture. No, we're looking... It up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks for telling everybody what's going on. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Looking at images. Here you go. Why is this in here? I can't find the key art anymore. Okay, you know what? He actually doesn't look all that great. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he, he looks bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, time oh, has not been kind. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, no, I'm apologizing to him. All right. For time. <laughs> uh, apparently, Adam McKay wants to do a Silver Surfer movie for Marvel. Okay. Do you think this is something that people want? Uh, nobody wants anything. Oh. They just are okay. given something, and apparently we just like it. But we don't know that we want it, so there's nothing we can anticipate. If you ask people what they want, they want um, all a, these things they can't have. A, a new Transformers movie. Okay. And yet Transformers got beaten by Mary Poppins this weekend. Ooh. So. That's bad. So much for your. This is the best Transformers movie. Because people well, don't care. Well, I've, I've heard, heard it's like something like 94% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that, which yeah. is crazy. And it only made ni- uh, $20 million this weekend. Ooh. Mary Poppins made um, 22, I think. Okay. What it, how did Aquaman go? Uh, I was going to say that until later, but we'll talk about it now. Uh, around $70 million domestic. Ooh, nice. Not bad. That's pretty good. It's not bad for a movie that clearly cost $200 million. Yeah, well... Yeah, that's and true. We'll be talking about that in just a little bit. But Adam McKay wants to do Silver Surfer, and he wants to do it uh, like the speed racer of Marvel films. Okay. Which is interesting because I think we just saw the speed racer of DC films, and we'll be <laughs> talking about that in just a bit. Yeah. Okay. Um. I mean, was Silver Surfer in one of the Fantastic Four movies? Yes. Okay. This is why this is all just hypothetical. It's a it's a sort sure. of a dream for him, but it's a dream's getting closer. Okay. Um, isn't Silver Surfer technically a bad guy? No. Or is he an anti-hero? No. No. No, no. to both. Okay. Yes. I guess I don't know what I'm talking about. 
Um, he is when he first appears, he is gets his abilities, you know, uh, from Galactus, and he is in service of Galactus. Okay. Galactus is a character who maybe could be considered an antihero, but he just consumes planets. Right. And He's so always hungry. Silver Surfer's job is to go to the planet and go. Uh, so this planet's gonna be eaten in about a week. So everybody out, and they're all like, "Well, we don't have rocket ships. Like we're not." that advanced right it's like okay oh, well, well. slather yourself in barbecue sauce and <laughs> nice knowing you and of course when he reaches earth you know reed richards and the fantastic four convince him to turn on his master and that's when he starts his journey as a hero okay so right. i don't know i guess you're kind of right okay i i thought i i must have remembered part of that or something you got it yeah you got it yeah uh, hey, speaking of very powerful characters, yes, like Silver Surfer, cosmic characters. Uh-huh. Um, here's a slight spoiler for uh, the upcoming Captain Marvel film. Okay, not huge, but if you know your comics, uh, you probably already know. So give us a minute to talk about it. Starting now, uh, new toys have been released. Showing Again, that yeah, showing that uh, Carol um, will be called Binary, or at least her binary form will appear in the film. And we kind of already knew this. What is her binary form? Captain Marvel is very f- fast, strong, can fly, yeah. can absorb energy. Mm-hmm. Actually, this might be binary. But anyway, she uh, has a cosmic sense, uh, just like Captain Marvel, Sure. the first one. Um, and then later on, when she is um, voyaging with the X-Men or whatever, she her powers sort of go through a transformation and she gets these you know crazy energy powers. Okay. And for a while, takes on the name Binary. She oh. draws her... Power from a star or something like that. Okay. Later on, she returns to sort of like, you know, plain old swimsuit Captain Marvel, but she's got those energy powers still. Well, this is uh, at least the second time that toys have uh, spoiled something for yeah. that film but in particular. You, right. But when we see her in the trailer and she's eyes are glowing and she's lighting up, you know, it kind of seems like that's where they're going to go anyway. Oh, okay. And that's really the most classic version of the character. Okay. It's just Dragon Ball. Think about it. Spoilers over uh, if you're sticking around. Right. Uh, because she's she is a member of a alien race, a yes. warrior race. Yes. That is trained to not feel anything mm-hmm. and just fight emotionlessly. She, she comes to Earth. Yeah. She's sort of part alien, part human. Yeah. She goes. Yes. And lights up and she fights green alien bad guys. Yes. That's Dragon Ball. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, Roy Thomas or whoever uh, was you know around before, uh, or Gene Col- created Captain Marvel. I should look that up. Uh, was around before Akira Toriyama uh, picked up a pencil, but still. Yeah. <laughs> it, okay. You know, when you go to make the movie, you're going to be influenced by. <laughs> you know who's influenced by that? Who? A little movie we're going to talk about right now. Okay. It's called Aquaman. Is it better where it's wetter? Find out right now as we talk about the new film, Aquaman. We're supposed to talk about Deadly Class. Let's do that in our out, uh, outro at the end of the show. Okay. So stick around for our Deadly Class review. Okay. Out outro end of the show but for right now we're talking about aquaman 
as we said before, this baby made about $70 million mm-hmm. at the box office. I think that's essentially on with projections, I think. Okay. Um, I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at, for sure. That's it's, a, it's no, a, that's that's impressive. That yeah. didn't break any records, but that's still very impressive. Still substantial. Uh, Aquaman, of course, uh, created by Mort Weisinger. And Paul Norris was the artist that designed him originally. Okay. And yeah, he came about in uh, very early on, 1941. That's pretty early. In Morphon Comics. And he had been around for a long time. He's one of those characters who has definitely uh, changed. Um, they've altered him many times. Mm-hmm. Um, his origin, even up into the film. The film is, again, very different. It's not yeah. the original. It's not the revamp. It's not the New 52. It has probably the most elements of uh, the character come from New 52. But this is still a completely new sort of setup and origin for Aquaman. Okay. And we'll talk about what that origin is right now. What happens in Aquaman? Uh, Well, um, what happens in Aquaman? Um, The guy from Entourage. (laughs) No. It starts out with his his parents and like a flashback and his mother was the queen of Atlantis uh, played by Nicole Kidman and uh, his father was a lighthouse keeper and they were never supposed to meet but they did and they fell in love and they had him I don't know if they got married or not that's not really clear I guess that's not really crucial to the story Um, but his mother uh, they they get attacked when he's like like maybe one or so um the atlantis sends some soldiers to collect her and she defeats them and but she says she has to go back to protect both um his dad and arthur um aka aquaman right um and so she leaves uh and they don't see her again for a very very long time uh and he's just kind of um he helps like uh, he's aquaman he's aquaman he we've helps. seen him in justice league yeah he um there are some pirates that have taken over like a submarine and he basically schools them and uh saves all fish the, joke i love it yeah he's he saves the all the um the people who are in the sub he um, catches some releases others right and then, <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, it was and, a real good time. <laughs> and then he goes and visits with his dad. And then this is, this Mira is, comes this and is, is like. This is the, our best, our most longest running all and right. most successful bit. All right. This is what happens in the movie. I wonder I what know. the movie is about. So Princess Mira comes to get him. So. <laughs> so she can't, it's the unstoppable force. I'm sorry. <laughs> Because, like, Orm is going... To, his brother Orm is going to... Um, a loner who feels disconnected yeah. from the two worlds that fostered him yeah. is basically is challenged to, to unite those worlds yes. when the they they both are in danger. Yes. Willem Dafoe, the end. <laughs> That's what the movie is about. You're going to be here all, all right. night if you try to say everything that happens okay. in this movie because right. a lot of things happen in this movie. I know, I know. It's uh, you know, two and two and a quarter long. Yeah, um, it's not short. It's, I want to say it's too long. However, I don't know what I would cut. 
Yeah, it, there's nothing like obvious. Like I would cut no, because it's all superfluous. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time, it's all I wouldn't want to lose any of it because it's all incredibly enjoyable. But mm-hmm. at the same time, if you've got if you've got um, uh, chicken parmesan with some pasta on the side and some vegetables and some mashed potatoes, you cut the mashed potatoes. Yeah. But if you've got chicken wings, uh, p- pizza pockets. Uh, you got some Cheetos, uh, you got a little ice cream, you got some pretzels. Oh my goodness. You got a party. Yeah. W- which of these do you cut? Yeah. You don't. It's for everybody. We're just going to just eat, stuff our faces and have buffalo wings and it's a party. Right. That's what this was, felt like to me. Yeah. It's just like a cinematic, cinematic junk food. Yeah, sure. Smorgasbord. Too Jewish. This is Atlantis. <laughs> Atlantis. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, this is a very different version of the character. Yeah. And... Instead of taking a guy who <laughs> so <laughs> Christopher Reeve as Clark Kent as Superman mm-hmm. um, bullseye yes like throwing a tomahawk and then drinking a beer uh, yeah yes <laughs> it's like right in the middle uh-huh. so that's one way to do it yes you can mess that up real bad too you can go square jaw gross slimy disgusting birth from an ass <laughs> Henry Cavill. Yeah. Going hard on Henry. Uh, hard on Henry. Yeah. Show title. Um, fail. Miss. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, ah, let's, you hit a waitress with the tomahawk. Right. Uh, in the tomahawk bar. Where are these tomahawk bars, I by don't the know. way? Uh, Aquaman, what do you do? And they went, some, somebody heard the call uh, and united the seven and was like, another white guy? <laughs> the whitest of all white guys? A white guy in an orange shirt, no less. Yeah. Because only like I wear an orange shirt, uh, who is literally a transplanting of the Arthurian legend, mm-hmm. just into water, like mm-hmm. man of the land, lady of the lake. What if we just put right. the whole thing in the lake? Right. Uh, do we need that? No. And the answer was no. And then we had this huge guy <laughs> who got killed off on Game of Thrones. Yes. Who hasn't found a property, mm-hmm. but is full of charisma. And they're like, screw it. All right, man, let's do it. Mm-hmm. You're from Hawaii. Yes. And uh, we're going to do this thing, and we're going to change the whole thing, and now you're going to be dark-haired, so Orm, who's always had black hair, has to have blonde hair. Yeah. And you know what? It doesn't matter, nope. and it's a good change, mm-hmm. and this movie is full of great choices. Yes. If, I don't know, if Vincent Canby wants to say that it is just like a cannoli filled with candy corn, I can't disagree, but whereas he would hate that, I... Like the movie was over, and I was like, my hands were up to clap, and nobody else clapped, <laughs> and I was like, I, just, I can't clap by myself. So I did not <laughs> clap, but I wanted to clap when it was over. Yeah, it, it it just took every every part of this ridiculous character with yes. this ridiculous history. It uh-huh. took at face value, it took seriously, and it presented it to you in a way that was, like I said, took it seriously. At no point did anybody go, what is all this except for the main character because he's the fish on the water so that's yes. that's his job yeah everybody else took it totally seriously all the beats kind of made sense it had this sort of who thought that you could fit like a game of thronesy kind of vibe into aquaman but they had all these like you know they set up all these kingdoms and all the kingdoms like there's a reason for all of them to be there for, right. for the most part mm-hmm. they all are sort of stations you know of this story where he, they've got to go convince all these things and the way they deal with them like shows how the characters of Orm is evil is kind of developing. You know, they get to like the nice guy 
yeah. uh, Fishman Kingdom. Yeah. And he, at that point, he's like, screw this. I don't care anymore. And he just kills the guy. And he's yeah. like, all right, let's go. Right. Uh, maybe some spoilers for Rocketman as we talk about this. Yeah. The only people that got short sold were the the crap people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. We get to the Brian. last 15 minutes of this movie and it's like, wait, you had a whole race of crab people I in know. your hip pocket? And yeah. you were, what were you saving that for? <laughs> We've already met the super kraken at this point. I know. I uh, know. Voiced by Julie Andrews. Are you serious? I am absolutely serious. The king of the brine? Well, I thought it was a girl's voice. Oh. But yeah. Wow. Okay. I had no idea. So those are some of my thoughts. What what you what you think? Um well, I thought like okay. So we've talked about this a little bit like Mira and I don't know how you can avoid it. She's got red hair and she's got a green outfit, so she kind of looks like Ariel. And yeah. um they kind of just went with it and I don't think that they like hit that home too hard, but they didn't necessarily like avoid it either like I really enjoyed the scene when they're in Sicily and she gets roses and she smells them and she's like, oh, they smell so good. And then she takes a bite out of them, and, <laughs> you know, and it was just kind of weird. And then like Arthur, instead of correcting her, takes a bite out of them, too. Um, it was just kind of fun. Um, they bring back his uh, the. OK, so let's just you've had your one. I've had my one. Let's okay. just say we're probably going to spoil from here on out so from me it's not a waste of your life to see aquaman you should definitely see it for sure um it's just one of those things where it's like look this gets thrown at me all the time you don't like something something you must not have a heart if you don't enjoy aquaman or at least find yourself being like this is pretty cool in certain parts then come on something's wrong right um you uh you know i think so um Oh, you're wrapping it up. You're giving this is your rating before we go into spoilers. I I know. Um, I I really enjoyed it too. Um, I mean, there was a part of me that was like, "Is this too much CGI?" But <laughs> but there's, it is absolutely too much CGI. But there is another part of me that just really enjoyed the movie, and it was really fun and colorful, and it was like a more successful uh, Valerian. Um, and you know, I I think I enjoyed the story and the beats more than I did Valerian. But, you know, it they definitely tried to create this world and to bring it to you. And I think they were successful in it. Okay, let's get into spoiler comments. And I sure. think a great place to start would be a comparison to Valerian. Okay. Um, not the root. <laughs> Although if she had eaten that, um, she would have felt more energy or something. Sure. Or actually, it puts you to sleep, doesn't it? Anyway, the point is, is that you don't care about Valerian because you don't know anything. You're just you're you're told and you're reassured that all this means something and everything's really important, but it's never really shown to you right. that that's true. And Aquaman takes the time to show you a bunch of crazy stuff, but they establish it. They show us representatives of these things that they're showing us, mm-hmm. and we get you know we get it. The elements are introduced well. They're supported well. And carried through, except for the crab people. And also, <laughs> I know that nobody knows exactly what guards the thing or whatever, but, you know, late Kraken introduction is was a little weird and weak, I thought. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a big scary thing that guards the thing, and that's fine. Right. But I guess if we had known that it was a creature this whole time, we would have known, oh, when Arthur gets there, he'll just control it or talk to it, because that's what he does. Right. Um but yeah, so like you've got like Willem Dafoe is in this movie. Like, why is Willem Dafoe in this movie? 
but you know, when I heard that and I heard that Dolph Lundgren was in it and all these other yes. people are in it, it's like, how's this going to work? And it ends up working, you know, great. Yeah. And one thing that really got to me was it doesn't follow the typical numbers. I mean, it follows the numbers or the um, the things of like an origin story of a sort of rebel character who has to sort of step up to his um, his birthright. I mean, yeah. it is very Arthur- Arthurian, mm-hmm. but nobody dies. Like almost nobody You're dies right. in this thing. Yes. Uh, which is like smart, I guess. Like you kill off Patrick Wilson, who I mean, fine with me, right. but but if you don't, then you've got him for, for the later. next movie. Yeah, yeah. And it also shows it would be easy for Arthur to just kill him because he deserves it. But right. it's twofold because it shows temperance, like as a king, which yes. he needs to show. Mm-hmm. And it connects back to the beginning of the film where he sort of makes like a hero's mistake. Like he does a thing that is he's totally justified in doing in like letting the mantas like die or whatever. Because right. like screw these guys. Right. But he has a chance to to save them. And he's yes. like, eh, I don't nah. Right. And that's not like, you know, they brought it on themselves. He says that. But it's not really heroic or super heroic. No, it's and it, not. he pays for it because he creates an enemy. He cre- yeah, he creates a bad guy. Yeah, who's kind of really ineffective, but <laughs> yeah, I know. But he had an awesome scene. Yeah, he did. Seeing things in context is pretty much everything. I know that they go like we we did this amazing like chase through this Italian village or whatever. Let's make that the um, the five minute trailer or sneak peek that we put out. Yes. And you watch it and you go, jeez, wow, this is over the top. Mm-hmm. He shoots the bell, bong, yes. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, but once you see it, you know, in the context of everything else that's going on, you realize, oh, this whole thing is going to be at 11 the whole time. It just, it works. Like, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. And I think James Wan does, oh boy, I hope he enjoys this comparison. It's a Spielbergy kind of thing. Okay. In that the bad guys aren't just there to get kicked in the face. Right. The bad guys are characters in the scene yes. too. Yes. So a lot of times you'll have a bad guy fighting Indiana Jones and we kind of meet that bad guy before the fight starts and you see what they're like. Like the big guy in the plane in Raiders of the Lost Ark. We mm-hmm. get a sense of like, oh, this guy's got a personality and so right. we know Indy's going to win but we get to see how the fight looks from both sides. And yes. so when we do this crazy, you know, jumping through buildings and shooting at guys in, in the village, all those guys we st- we go with a little bit, you know. So we see that it's not just that it would be cool to have a lady jump off a building and a guy jump through the wall. We get that they're fighting with these exoskeletons that they yes. need to breathe because they're full of water instead yes. of air, which awesome. It that's he can't go on the roofs. So his he makes his plan. He's like, I'm tracking her. I'll just you know, just run through everything um, predator style or whatever right. to get to her. Right. Just thinking about your um, action scenes like that is so much better than, <laughs> which didn't he do a couple Fast and Furiouses? Yeah. I think so. So I'll have to watch his Fast and Furiouses now because I just assumed Fast and Furious was cut, cut, cut. Nobody knows anything that's going on. There's a car. There's not a car. Right. But right. if they're this cleanly directed, like this guy gets action. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I was reluctant to see but turned out great was once two CGI people start fighting each other, it's uh, all bets are off. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially when everybody's underwater. So even if right. they're real, it's Willem Dafoe sitting on a green uh, sawhorse somewhere, you know? Right. Uh, and so the camera 
starts going all the way around everybody. When Nicole Kidman is fighting at one point, like it pulls up and now we're look got a god's eye down on what I assume is a room with an eight foot ceiling, but right. screw it, this is a movie. Right. And so she's kicking guys and she's shooting over somebody's shoulder and hitting another guy and it just seems like so much and yet it it works so well. Mm-hmm. If you don't like loud stuff, right. If you if you come expecting a Jean-Luc Godard movie, um, actually these are uh, um, better. Uh, there's better continuity uh, in the cuts uh, in this than in a Godard movie, but that's <laughs> by choice. Yes. Take it over. Um, I thought that um, you know in the trailer we see that he's in the traditional orange and green costume, and kind of thought you know well do we really need that no we don't really need it but you know what i think they actually make it work for for something that is just been for years so very cartoonish and like kind of ridiculous and kind of like haha aquaman am i right like who takes this, this guy seriously yeah and that's where this movie lives i mean yeah. they've are they've put their flag down on let's just and not like in the watchman it's got to be panel accurate. Right. But they said, like, this is a ridiculous world mm-hmm. that everybody in it believes. Mm-hmm. That's how you make something work if everybody believes that it's real, even though it's ridiculous. Right. And so the last sort of straw of that in a comic book is comic accurate costumes. Yes. And so for no reason at all, before they go into the last battle, yes. Patrick Wilson's like, give me my Ocean Master mask. And he puts on the he's got the Ocean Master mask from the comics. Yes. It's not just like, yeah, put Mira in the thing because we're going to see Amber Heard's ass or whatever. That's a no-brainer for a studio designing a film. Right. But yeah, to put him in the green and, and uh, orange at the end, yeah, it just works. At it that does. By that point, you believe it. Yeah, and I like that they have like the, the green gloves that look kind of fin-like, too. Yeah. Because um, it, it could have just been, we got to put everybody in black leather. That's cool. We got to, come right. on, we got to ground this. Right. And Aquaman's like, ground? We're in the ocean, mother. Yeah, exactly. Where color lives. <laughs> but that was that way. That uh, even that was cool because, yes, the visuals in this are amazing. I'm gonna say it right now. 2018. We got a week left. I'd rather live in Atlantis than Wakanda. Ooh. You know, both movies wow. feature a young hero who is trying to be king. Mm-hmm. Just can't wait, and they feature like <laughs> a techno paradise. Yes. It looks amazing. Yeah, it and does. They, I think they kind of stole the Rainbow Bridge from Valhalla a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> but Valhalla blew up. So now the new Valhalla is Atlantis, <laughs> and just like the design of the film and or, or the or the city and seeing like you know whales pull like d- d- cargo trailers and stuff like that. Yes. Just like just the different thoughts and aspects. And there's a there's a line real early on. I think maybe it's Volko when he's like training. There's a lot of flashbacks in this movie. There are. It doesn't make any sense. It's not good storytelling, mm -hmm. but they're short and they're at the right spot that it sort of, you roll with it. You know what I mean? It's weird for him to go, do you remember your training? And he's like, well, and then we come back five minutes later and he's like, yeah, I do. Right. And it's Willem Dafoe like, you were just staring at the wall for five minutes. (laughs) But anyway, um, when he's explaining his powers, he's like, you know, you're, you're stronger, you're tougher, you know, because you could withstand the ocean's pressure you know what i mean like that's the explanation um but also you can see in the dark which Mm -hmm. is like oh yeah that makes sense there's no point in going down to the bottom of the ocean if you can't see anything it's very true and right when he says that we go from they're diving down deep and we go from a very 
you know, dark ocean type thing to like everything lights up to neon. And I realized, oh, the movie even gives itself a little bit of plausibility as an out. When we see all these like crazy neon anemones and all the stuff at the bottom of the sea, that's that's how they see it. Like if you went, if you saw the uh, Aquaman uh, huge fight at the end uh, with human eyes, you'd see a bunch of lasers, but you wouldn't like see it would be really dark. But because they all can see these these things, you know, this maybe ultraviolet or infrared or whatever, um, we're seeing it like through their eyes. Mm -hmm. So it even gives you like a because, yeah, I mean, it's a CGI FS. It is. (laughs) But but you go, oh, okay, So it is like a whole different world. Mm hmm. What, what is it? And then you got Randall Park like, you don't understand. I know. Wouldn't everybody know? Wouldn't like Sonar and wouldn't Noah be like, I don't know what's going on in the ocean right now. <laughs> yeah. We, you got, would, we got lava you, crackings. You and, would think so. Yeah. Yeah. You would think that there would be more people who would be aware of it. Say um, something bad about the movie. Something bad about the movie? Um. Mm, too much CGI, um, <laughs> and uh, sometimes it was CGI fighting CGI. So that that would be my complaint about the movie. We just praised all the CGI. I know. I'm just saying. I it was a little much in parts. If you have, if I have to say something bad about it, um, I I think. You know, having both Orm and Black Manta, I, I thought that was fine. I, I thought didn't think it was, like, too many bad guys by any means. Um, I think it was good. And, uh, I mean, I think they both had motivation to fight Aquaman. So this is your bad thing? No, that, that I already said my bad thing. Well, then I'll say mine. Okay. They need to borrow or rent or license Marvel's young face technology. Okay. Because... Marvel makes Robert Downey Jr. look like less than zero Robert Downey Jr. Yes. Meanwhile, they take Nicole Kidman, a woman who has gone to great pains to make sure that she doesn't look old, and try to make her look younger, and she looks like a monster. (laughs) Wow. Didn't work. I mean, if she's supposed to look like an alien sea creature. Right. Worked out. Mm -hmm. But they they did that to uh, Tamara Morrison, and it looked okay, and... The one that ironically worked the best was Willem Dafoe actually looked all right younger. Which is weird. <laughs> I guess they just did his CGI out the, the huge creases, you know, right. around his mouth. Yes. And then suddenly it's fine. But yeah, that didn't look all that great. But Okay. Um, what did you think about her coming back like the wasp? Um, I was, I was fine with it. I was actually kind of waiting for it because they said... You know, they keep saying that, that she's we don't gone know what happened. Yeah, she's and gone. she's dead, you know, to the trench. But I was like, yeah, but if you don't find a body, you don't really bury her. You know, let's see some proof. Um, so when she came back and kind of like the third act or whatever, I was like, all right. Um, and she's wearing some weird like stuff like she made herself look like a trench creature kind of <laughs> so she could survive. Yeah. And. I found that awfully reminiscent of the Wasp and Ant-Man as well. You know, Michelle Pfeiffer's character. Right. Um, also being lost for a really long time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the I thought that they were, like, reminiscent of each other. Like, it was like, okay, here's another strong female maternity maternal character who um, 
has stayed alive, beaten the odds for like 20 years, and now she's ready to come home. And just like eaten the rare trench creature that comes through the portal. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, wow, where am I? Sorry. Yes. The cheeks are the best part. <laughs> are, they, are they intelligent or? The trench creatures? It's not really a kingdom anymore. I don't know. That's a good question. There was a weird call out. Um, it was very Maine, uh, New England-ish, but he's like, in the very beginning, isn't there a snow globe or something? Yeah, there's a snow globe with a lighthouse, lighthouse in it, in it yeah. and it's sitting on top of the the Dunwich Horror by Lovecraft, <laughs> and it's like, what? I did not catch that. So like, yeah, there's like a big squid thing, but yeah, that being a Lovecraft connection Cthulhu. was, a, uh, yeah, that was a thing too far for me. Okay. Yeah. Um. I just talked about Dragon Ball. Yeah. Isn't this Dragon Ball? I guess so. <laughs> you got a <laughs> you got a hero who's half one thing and half the other thing and yeah. that makes him the strongest right. ever against a warlike race and yeah. he's got to unite him. But Goku never becomes king, I guess. But there is a dragon of sorts. <laughs> yes. Uh people yell like it's Dragon Ball. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody told Patrick Wilson, "Be normal, boring Patrick Wilson for most of it." And then and yell. then yeah, whenever <laughs> you have to punctuate something at the end of a scene, go and let us. <laughs> and then Jason Momoa gets in on it, and he's on. Ah! Uh, yeah, he's just screaming at each other. Yeah, but you buy it at that point. You want it. Yes. I guess I would say conventional wisdom would say, "What do you cut? Cut the Indiana Jones parts." Yeah. Even though, and they did feel like they belonged in a different movie, but they were fun. They were fun. And they look like they were directed by Neil Marshall. Yeah. Kind of cheap. But you spent all this money on computers. How, how big a temple can yeah, you build? Yeah, I know. But I what know. I would say is cut the big duel between him and the king. You know, Just have him get captured and then Mira sneaks in and rescues him from Orm. Like that whole 15 minutes or whatever. I, I know. Yeah, I mean, the fight kind of goes nowhere. No. Um, it breaks his scepter, his mother's scepter. Yeah, it does that's break his mother's it. scepter, which is why does he have it in the first place? And she that's left that's it. the pod, but that's <laughs> that's like the pod race part. So yeah. you know, do you cut the pod race or not? Right. And the most pod race moment was when we see Topo the octopus playing the drums. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, that was a little far too, don't you think? Um, yes. Fun, but not necessary. Yes. Um, that was a cephalopod too far. Yes. <laughs> One other like thing that I thought was actually kind of a nice touch. So you know Aquaman or Arthur or whatever, he has like a ton of tattoos. Like I noticed that at one point, I noticed that his dad has like a sleeve of like similar tattoos. Yeah. So I thought that was actually like a really nice touch. Like maybe at some point they're like, let's get a father son tattoo or well, something like that. Tamar you know? Morrison is a Maori. Okay. Uh, he's a Maori man. Um. And Jason Momoa is Hawaiian. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he may claim other heritage, you know, from the um, South Pacific. But right. so I think maybe they were just kind of moving it to. My thing is like when they go, we open in Maine, and I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> Tamora Morrison is a lighthouse keeper. Right, right. But then I realize that well, it's got to be on the Atlantic because it's Atlantis. Oh, you're right. Is there a Pacifica? Yeah. The lost city of Pacifica, Pacifica in the Pacific? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. These are the things that I thought about. During well, the film, the during I wasn't film. bored, but my the higher functions of my brain weren't engaged. So I did have a lot of time to ask questions <laughs> of the movie 
But the movie answered all those questions. Yeah. For the most part. <laughs> yeah. I did. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's a couple parts that just. The, uh, there's a few parts that take you out of stuff. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. The I did like the uh, guys, the toughs coming up for the selfie. That uh, was in fun. the bar because as soon as this movie started, I wasn't 100 percent on board yet, and I was like, oh, I was ready to roll my eyes at this film. And when the tough stepped up, and I was like, it's gonna have a big throwdown. Here we go. And they got me. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah. But the guy had like a Hello Kitty cell phone case, and I was I like, know, that's was too pain. far. Yeah, <laughs> that's too far for the bit. Yeah. And so later on, they're <laughs> they're having this gladiatorial fight, the Ring of Fire. Yes. And. Show like the stats of both fighters. Yes, <laughs> like it's ESPN or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and Arthur was a half breed. Yeah, cons half breed drunk, <laughs> <laughs> which is like, all right. And then they have one bridge too far, sort of uh, you know, rainbow bridge too far, uh, cut to the audience, and it's like, this isn't a Knight's Tale, man. They have this moment where everybody's like, <gasps> whoa. Yeah, I know, right? It's bloodthirsty. The first thing that yes. uh, Arthur has to do as king is outlaw blood sport, apparently. Apparently, yeah. They were all for it, and they were all, like, backing Orm. Like, nobody wanted Arthur to win. Yeah. Um, Why does he stop? Like, I can't remember, like, like how they that fight ended. Like, how, how did it stop? She just came and picked him up on the boat? Mira comes in and she uses a whirlpool tornado okay. on Orm and then she, yeah. Okay, yeah. And I think you mentioned this before and I, I feel like it should be mentioned here just because it is a great piece of design work. Um, like her outfit for the fight um, is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. There's, they really specifically neat. accredited uh, the costumer uh, for the film and I can't remember that person's name but it's available online. Um, look it up. And clearly, yeah, they. It wasn't just all right. Costume slaves start making costumes. Right. Like they're like, let's take this seriously. Let's do some crazy stuff. What can you do? I've got a thing made of seaweed. Not that. Not right, that. Right. You know, this is like a developed nation. But yeah, yes. what if they also could just get light up man of wars as your train or something like that? Yeah, that I cool. know. It was really neat. <laughs> the hair was a little inconsistent, and I kind of felt like maybe sometimes it was because of money like they make they give patrick wilson this apparently they wanted to make patrick wilson look like the real quote-unquote aquaman as much as possible oh okay to sort of get the design in the film but also comment on how arthur could have been if arthur was raised you know underwater he could have been the aquaman that people expect sure we're getting this big hairy guy that we don't expect right and so he, he's got his hair is like in this kind of swoop, which yes. is very stylized, mm-hmm. but it also cuts down on them having to animate it. That's true. You know, as being floating around. Yeah. But then there's a scene in the throne room where he's got the crown on and his hair is all floating around and it doesn't look good. Yeah. And it makes me think like maybe they shot that early and then went, this is expensive and, it, and it's not working. So let's just make his hair swoopy mm-hmm. and we don't have to worry about that. And there are a couple. There's a scene too in um, in the throne room where Arthur's uh, goatee is like animated and is moving around, and I don't remember it moving that much Before. in other parts of the film. Yeah, so I think maybe they okay. did that early and were like, eh, "This doesn't they work. Don't like Let's it. not do this." Yeah, when it was moving a lot for Orm, um, it kind of he kind of looked like to me like like Jensen Eccles from <laughs> from Supernatural. All right, a little bit. Probably read for the role. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know, probably because his hair is more flowy or something. I don't know. 
Um, but yeah. Um, do you th- do you think that they made Mira too aerial or just aerial enough? Her hair's really red. I know. But again, it just fits with the film. Yeah. They hit every color uh, crayon in, in the box. Yes, they did. And then they go and get some other boxes <laughs> of the specialty kinds. Oh, right. it's tropical Crayola. Right. Doing everything. Right. How does light work in the center of the earth? I don't I don't know. I is mean, it those crystals? Do they light up? Yeah, I guess. There is a center. It, Warlock. There's a center of the earth in DC Comics. Okay. It's like their savage land. Okay. You know, if you go to the center of the earth, there's like dinosaurs and stuff in there. Yes, that's what the center of the earth was in this film too, right? There were dinosaurs. Yeah, they it? had dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I can't remember how it works in Warlock. doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta work on my DC characters. Oh my goodness. Any final thoughts? Um, I'd say go see Aquaman. Uh, you'll you'll enjoy it, and you'll be glad you did. It is a cool drink of water. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Okay, so maybe you don't feel this way. So help me. Hmm. Why does Aquaman work for me, but Into the Spider-Verse doesn't work for me? Um, I, I think it works because... Uh, the characters in Aquaman have a reason for being there, and it's not just to fill out the roster. Um, they have roles that they're playing, and I um, I feel like it is very character-driven. Whereas in Into the Spider-Verse, um, besides Miles and Peter Parker, uh, the other characters are just kind of there to say their lines and remind the audience like hey we're other spider people but they don't really add to the story as much i don't think hmm okay i buy it that that's that's my hot take on it anyways i buy it okay yeah yeah i was um i'm still surprised by the fact that everything it's the perfect ending for somebody like arthur who basically and of course we have to discount all the little crab mommies and babies that aren't going to have daddy come home tonight. <laughs> right. Many people die in this war. Yes. But if you look at them as expendable and you just think about like the, the main titled people. people, you know, the royalty, there's no real bloodshed. Like it is a bloodless coup, basically. This outsider in a pickup truck comes in and becomes king. Yeah. And pretty much nobody dies mm-hmm. except, except for, for the fish, Jim fish on Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is like... Amazing. Like, I was still waiting for, like, when is the Willem Dafoe heel turn? Like, Willem Dafoe can't be just an out-and-out good guy in this movie. Guess what? He is. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, he he helped teach Arthur, and he was kind of loyal to Arthur. And Orm called him out on it, and he was like, yeah, you're right. And they took him away. He's the Merlin character. Yeah, he is. He's even got the magic staff powers. Right. Um, in um, well, I don't know if it's fifty two anymore, but Arthur's really real father is Merlin or something like that. Really? In one, you know, it's the whole Arthurian thing. Okay. And Ocean Master, interestingly enough, it, it's flipped. Arthur was the son of the lighthouse keeper or whatever, and then eventually he goes and to Atlantis, the sea, and becomes Aquaman, and then rules on and off. And Orm was the human son. The it's a, 
Jesus's brother kind of thing. Okay. He goes on to have like a human wife and has like a fully human son. Okay. Who is Ocean Master. Oh. Orem. Okay. And he's like, he's jealous of Aquaman because he's like successful and he's a, you know, jail heir and stuff like that. Sure. And so he becomes a pirate and sort of tries okay. to get revenge on him. So Okay. But they just, they flip this around because... Because <laughs> Jason Momoa, it's more fun when he's drinking Jack. Right. So they flip it around and have him be the guy who's like, you're not good enough to do this. And it's just like, Jeff Johns, you have a lot of ideas. And many of them involve guts and blood and intestines flying everywhere. <laughs> but that was like, that was a great flip. Like that just suits this yes. narrative. Everything yeah. fits here. Mm-hmm. It isn't just Miles Morales, his uncle dies. Then a vomit of spider people show up, right? And you win somehow. Yeah, yeah. Like everything sort of made sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the only kind of Deus Ex Machina is the fact that Aquaman can talk to fish. Right. I'm assuming that, and that King, started very King young. original King guy must have been able to talk to fish too, Orm? like the guy that no, the guy that oh, made uh, uh, the staff. At- Atlant. Atlant- what is his name? The first king like of Atlantis. Atlantan or something like that. Yeah, it's, whatever. It sounds like Atlantis. Like, I'm just assuming that he, this is, because yes. we never deal with, like, Batman jokes about it. You think, okay, here's Aquaman's film. We're going to get, like, an answer to, like, how we can talk to fish. No. It's just his mutant power. He just can for some reason. Well, the creature who guards the the trident um, said that that king yeah, talked they, to yeah. him. So it's just something so. that was, like, passed down or yes. whatever. So you wonder why. Orm. Nicole Kidman can't do it. Or Orm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, since they're literally brothers. Yeah. Um. But it's fine. It doesn't really matter. Um, Mira's can control water and nobody else can. And so we don't right. know why that is a thing. But, right. but but there's so much. The movie is like, you get it. You get it. Right. You understand. Right. What I thought was surprising was when they meet in Justice League, it seems like there's a history between them, uh, Arthur and uh, and Mira. And then later in the, in the movie Aquaman, he's like, I don't know your name. <laughs> I know. Like, Wait a minute, what? Yeah. I know. Uh, Yeah. That was kind of weird. Um, but I like how he, like, you know, denies the call and then his dad gets, almost dies. And then he's like, okay, I'm in. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we deny the call. We go into the belly of the whale. Yes. Uh, we need the goddess. We right. got the whole thing. Yeah. We do. All the heroic beats are there. Hero of a thousand fins. <laughs> Just pushing them out. So, uh, yeah, we don't have to say it. Um, we, we like it. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, so definitely uh, check it out. Mm-hmm. That's how we're going to end this? Um, check it out. Uh, Aquaman! <laughs> Atlantis forever! Shout out Oh, Get your towels ready. It's about to go down. Everybody in the place in the open deck. But stay on your mother toes. We running this. Let's go. I'm on a boat. Okay, as we go, we promised a review of Deadly Class. The yes. first episode, the pilot, is available on YouTube or on mm-hmm. sci-fi.com. Deadly Class, go. Um, what it's about? I mean, it, no, 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 no. Okay, we've we've it, talked about Deadly Class. It very closely follows the comic. Um, the did first you couple like it? Issues. I did like it. There's a boy named Marcus. You see, his you parents were, okay. were. Yeah, you're going to do me. All right, I get it. Um, I can take it. Uh, 
I thought it was a good introduction of the school and of the characters in general. Um, the character, I want to call him Sick Boy, but that's probably just because <laughs> of... Um, uh, shoot, I can't uh, remember his name either. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but he's got a green mohawk. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I want to call him that because of... Um, What's the movie called? Transpotting. Transpotting, thank you. Um, and but he's just kind of like really like ruckus and like uh devil may care kind of attitude. And uh he's like, You're a loser like me and to Marcus and like Marcus seems to accept this fairly easily. Um but he, you know, rubs Chico the wrong way, like right away. Um, so we get to see that. Um you liked it. I, I liked it. Yeah, yes. I liked it too. That's what we're trying to communicate yes. right now, whether we liked it or not. Okay. I enjoyed it a lot. I was very surprised. I thought it was going to look, say it with me, cheap. Oh, okay. And it didn't, except for the fact that they, the entire high school is like one hallway. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but they, in the comic, they're underground or something, I guess. Yeah. But it's also just a huge... It's just a high school with lockers. You'd see Peter Parker walking down the halls. It wouldn't be any right. different. Mm-hmm. And they really focused on the fact that this is some, you know, it's not Hogwarts. Or at least right. it's it's Hogwarts in like one block in the middle of San Francisco. Right. And there's one part, there's this like courtyard where they all go out to smoke or whatever. And it's like irregularly triangular because it's clear that it's like in between, you know, like buildings, you see the facade and maybe yes. some alleys, but you don't know like what the configuration is in back. So mm-hmm. it's just like a little yard in back. Yes. It's got like a pagoda and some vines, but it feels kind of run down and stuff. Yeah. Like I like that they're embracing that side of it. I don't know any of these actors and they're all doing a good job and they mm-hmm. all seem to fit. Yep. It was a weird choice, I think, to make Willie like a big guy instead of kind of a little guy like he was in the comics, like Marcus is. Yeah. But I think it kind of emphasizes the whole... He's not like the real tough guy that he thinks he is. Right. Although he loves Chris Claremont and John Byrne, so I'm on board with, with that. <laughs> and I was really surprised. My only thing is they blew through like four issues <laughs> in like an hour. I know. So I don't know where this show is going to go after this. I know. Um, the next episode is going to episode two. They're going to be in Vegas at this rate. Right. Uh, normally you would have like you'd spend an entire hour of him walking around San Francisco and he sees people or we see people following him. And then, you know, right as he's going to jump or something, they go, don't do it. Right. Because there's something more. Right, exactly. And that's like the first issue. But we just blow through everything. But it sets everything up really well. I think so, too. It's really long. It's pretty much an hour without yeah. commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think the rest of the episodes are going to be an hour without commercials. Probably uh, this is not. like a quote-unquote double-sized pilot. Sure. But, yeah, <laughs> the, the Russo's brothers are attached, and it shows. Like, it's, yes. it's good. The action is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not impressed by Chico, but, you know, we know what happens to Chico. So yeah, really Chico's kind of whatever. Victor should have been bigger. You think Victor should have been bigger? He's big, but I guess in comics, you can just draw a 40-year-old, seven-foot-tall Russian guy, and somehow he's, like, 16. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I thought he was fairly massive. Like, he reminded me of Arnold Schwarzenegger, except, you know, Ooh. a kid. Maybe it was Patty Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> His kid. His kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought that was that was good. I mean, his orientation to the school and like people just like giving him crap and everything. They really blew through. I think the beats of what's happening in his experience and the comic are a little more solid. And I don't know if it's because they're not as important to them in the show or if 
They've got a plan. Because, like, it's a really big deal in the comic when he gets the rat. It's like, oh, yeah. oh this is really bad news. This means that, like, you're part, you're part I'm of expected to wash out here. Like, I'm not going to yeah. make it. And mm-hmm. in this, Johnny Lee Miller stand in is just telling yeah. him about rats. And then he's like, oh, yeah, see, I have a rat. It's like, what? <laughs> right. That was it? Right. And Russell Russell Wong, great to see him. Glad yes. he's in the show. But it's clear that you don't hire Russell Wong and have him retire just into the woodwork. So no. Master Lin is going to have like a bigger, much bigger role than he does in the comics. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's a great start. It looks a lot like the comic. Yes. I mean, not like Wes Craig's art. They, It's not all neon and monochrome. They've had to sort of do something else. Right. But it's fine. Where they go? I don't know. They have yeah. time to screw it up still, but yeah, I like what they've they got do. so far. So anyway, um, more on that as the episodes come out next yeah. year. It'll mm-hmm. be uh, in January very soon. Okay. We'll talking about that some more. Uh, stick stick around so you can hear us talk about that by following us on Facebook and Twitter and social media by searching for Just Enough Trope. You can also find us on your local podcatching software or platform of choice, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the whole seven C's. That's where you can find us. Yes. And when you do subscribe to the show, it's the best way to get it. You know uh, exactly when it comes out. It comes right to you. You can also uh, give us a review. We'd appreciate it because we love hearing from the fans and love hearing how you think we're doing. Also, give us a rating. The mm-hmm. probably technically most important part. When you give us a high rating, those services know we're doing a good job and we get moved up in the ranks. We That algorithm shows us to more people and so that way we can be exposed to more people. Mm-hmm. And everybody's going to get what they want. So yep. give us, in this case, five C's. Okay. And then, then two more C's. And then two more. So there's five kingdoms. <laughs> and then also there's a kingdom that with nobody in it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And there's a kingdom of just horrible monsters. Okay. So that's what we got to... <laughs> Unite the seven. Seven what? <laughs> what are we even talking about? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's another scene. The scene on the, on the tugboat where I get that he's hurt. He's been like beat up by Manta. Mm-hmm. So they take a ship back. So I guess she can't like swim and just drag him. Maybe she wanted to give him time to, to recoup, but they yeah. need to move still. Yeah. It'd be like if the Flash got his leg blown off and he had to grow it back. Maybe you stick him in the back of a truck and you drive somewhere. I guess. But once that's all done and he's healed, they're still on this boat. Yeah. And then it turns into like this monster movie where all these monsters are coming on board. And I'm like, can't you guys swim at like Mach 10? <laughs> And right. aren't you super strong? Yeah. Why Why do you have to like, get the flare? They don't like the light. <laughs> like, what? Wait a minute. What yes. kind of movie is this? Yes. But yet that looked so awesome. <laughs> and then when they jump off and there's like thousands of yes. things swarming around them. And I kept, this is not what you should be doing, but I kept looking at individual ones to see like cheats to see like, oh, that's blurry or something. They're all like so well rendered and they're all going different places and it just, yeah, I mean, I, it's I well couldn't done. throw that away either. Yeah. So I know. Don't throw anything away. Give us five <laughs> stars. We'd appreciate it. Five starfishes. There you go. Yeah, that's it. Uh, join us next week when we'll be talking about something else. Yes. Do you know what? Uh, I don't know for sure. <laughs> the plan um, is open, but we will be doing something of a year-end show, I guess. Okay. Sounds good. Well, you knew that. We were talking about it before. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Yes. Host or audience member, you decide. Hey! The answer will come on our next week's show. So we're signing off until then. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikahana. Keep the geek fires burning. Oh,